Hello and welcome back to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast. Um, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're, we're going to stray away from the talking of, of games and stuff like that because there has been no games. Um, and today we're going to have a little bit of a look at transfer links, uh, any transfer happenings. And we're going to rate how likely we think they are of happening uh, as, as well as discussing them of course. Um, I'm Regan Foy, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Foy. And today I'm joined again by Mark. Hello guys, what's going on? Yeah, Mark Jarebi here. You can find me on Twitter at VillamarkPGH. Pretty excited about this episode where you're going to be nice to get into some of the transfer rumblings and rumors that are thrown about Villa Twitter and on other social media. This should be a fun one. Yeah, for sure. And before we do get into it, um, obviously make sure that you're checking out our socials um, at VillaLamp on Twitter, at UnderAGaslitLamp on Instagram and forward slash UnderAGaslitLamp on Facebook. Um, because... The signing that happened today, Jota from Birmingham City, we reported four days ago, four days before the club announced it. Yeah, it was out there. I mean, but like we we were pretty Johnny on the spot about it, and it's, that's pretty pretty wonderful feeling to actually be able to get that kind of news out there to our uh, our supporters and readers and listeners, and uh, it's all, all positive things. Hopefully, we can be just as uh, instrumental in transfer dealings going forward this summer. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not always easy to report on things like that because, you know, there are chances that it's it's not going to happen. Uh, look at the Leroy Fair um, debacle in, in January. You know, everyone was told it was done and then at the last second it, it didn't happen. Um, but, you know, we, we, we listed Birmingham Live as our source and we had our own sources as well, but obviously we can't reveal those. Um, so listing Birmingham Live as our source, we, we, we went with it and we said, you know, he was going to sign and he did. Right. And that's the thing about, you know, blogs and pages such as our own, you know, we're, we're supporters and, you know, this is this is basically just something we're just really, really into. Um, and we do have our own sources. You know, people may think, you know, it's just, oh, it's just a small blog or it's a small page. But I mean, we've, we've gotten some really, really good sources over the past, you know, two years. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we can you know continue in that vein moving forward. And you know we're we're always hearing rumblings. You're always going to see players tied to such a big club such as Villa. So um, uh, this this pretty exciting time. The summer is definitely definitely massive. Yeah, and it, you know it started well. Uh, Villa were awarded their Premier League status officially after the Premier League AGM today, and uh, they they celebrated that with the signing and subsequent departure. Well, signing of Jota and subsequent departure of Gary Gardner. Um, Villa announced that Gardner left the club on a permanent transfer to our rivals Birmingham City. Um, how, how do you feel about that, Mark? I'm okay with it. Um, you know, Gary Gardner, he, he was never really going to break through at Villa, I don't think, especially after this last year with Dean Smith coming in. I don't think he's that kind of player that actually fits into Dean Smith's motto and Dean Smith's system. I think that he may have actually a really, really good upcoming season for the Blues. They seem to really like him there, and he seems to be uh, a new kind of cog in the machine, if you will. I really just think that his time at Villa was up. I mean, you see all the stuff he was doing on Instagram with the KRO hashtags, and he was very, very active You know, with him in, in Blues you know, colors and whatnot like that. Don't think that he was ever really going to be welcome back to Villa Park in any capacity. So you know, to get get him, you know, somewhere else, get him playing football somewhere else. Yeah, it's to Birmingham, and you know, that's a bit of a laugh. But I mean, good luck to him with the rest of his career. It's just a little weird that Birmingham City is saying that he's a lifelong Blues supporter when anybody who has a brain knows that that's just not the truth. Yeah, especially you know the the goal he scored against them a couple of seasons ago and ran all the way to uh, the Villa fans to, to go and celebrate at the opposite end of the pitch. 
yeah, he he's he's Villa through and through. At least he was. Um, I'm I'm sure he'll still keep an eye on Villa results as we're in the prem, and he is uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> but yeah, the the signing of uh, Gary Gardner for Birmingham City means that we have taken their uh, record transfer of uh, of Jota. Uh, the Spanish midfielder joins us on a two year deal, um, and he's the first player to make a direct switch from Birmingham City to Aston Villa in around 36 years I believe and that that the last player to do that was Alan Kirbishley the former uh, Charlton manager yeah it's it's very rare instance of, of someone taking the walk down the street in the second city but I mean that that's the way it goes sometimes I, I think that Joe is an amazing talent to bring in for Dean Smith he had his most successful season under Dean Smith at Brentford that there's very few negatives that are going to happen out of this deal a lot of people are very skeptical if he's going to have a starting role for Villa, if he's going to be more of a squad player. I think whatever happens in that capacity, he will be just fine. I think he will have, you know, moments of brilliance and whatnot. He has a lot of, you know, key passes this past season for Birmingham City. Uh, yeah, his, his goal scoring isn't exactly the greatest thing, but um, it, I think as far as a squad player, he'll really fit in, in the Prem, and, and if he grows into it, who knows, he could turn out to be even even maybe more. I mean, he. I think he recorded the third, the third highest key passes um, within the league, as, as far as I'm aware. And to do that in a side that plays the style of football that Birmingham City do, is no mean feat. And you know, the, the the thing that Villa fans need to remember is that Jota's familiar with Dean Smith's philosophy. He's already settled in the city, and you know, Fulham were, were victims last year of signing a load of players from foreign countries that needed bedding in time and you know that was detrimental to them we've got a ready made player in Jota whether he's a squad player or a first team sort of like first team starter basically um you know it's a good step in 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 where we want to be heading towards because you know he's settled in the city he knows Dean Smith he knows Suso so really he, he his bedding in period's going to be probably a couple of weeks during pre-season yeah, I don't. I don't think it's it's a bad signing in those aspects. You know, you talk about Fulham. That's a it's a big thing that people are talking about. The Villa can't go up, throw a bunch of money on a problem and expect it to work. This is not the case in terms of Jota. I th I think he's going to be just fine. Like you said, he's already familiar with the area. He's already settled in. Now it's just a matter of him getting a little bit of chemistry with his teammates through a preseason, and then maybe even in the first couple months in the Premiership, is it's going to be a faster paced game. Your decision making is going to have to be definitely on par with what's going on in the Prem. So yeah, he is a ready-made signing. There's there's no two ways about it. The Spanish connection with him and Suso obviously is another thing that can't get unnoticed. I I don't think this signing's as bad as a, a small majority, or a small minority rather of Villa fans are starting. Oh, we don't need him. Why why are we bringing in Blues players? He hasn't been that good for him. But he he doesn't. At Blues they don't play the anywhere near the kind of style that Dean Smith wants to try to achieve at Villa. So you can't even really say that he's even going to look the same player at Villa that he did at Birmingham City. I think it's a great first signing overall. And like I said, no matter what his, what his squad you know, uh, designation is, whether he is you know, a backup player or whether he is a first-team starter, I, I, I think either is just fine for Villa in the direction we're moving towards. Yeah, completely. And you know, whilst he doesn't necessarily fit the uh, young and having retail value uh, kind of um, I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. The kind of player that they're looking for, basically, he doesn't fit that. Um, but he he's he signed a two-year contract. You know, we're not paying mega wages for five years, 
uh, where you know he'd be 32 at the end of his contract and probably not getting any game time. But you know he he's younger than Albert Adoma, who who he's likely to replace uh, on on the right wing in that kind of position. Um, and I would say he's a better player. You know he's more technical. He when he was under Smith at Brentford, he was he was a better finisher than Adoma. And you know he he, bag, he bags loads of assists as well. Yeah, he, he's a he's a great teammate in terms of creating assists, and a lot of Villa fans won't like to hear this, but uh, right now Jota is better than what Albert Adoma has shown over the past year, and I'm one of the biggest Adoma fans out there. I was sad to see him go. I really liked I really liked what he did last season for us. I thought he was good in spurts this season, but I mean you're you're getting a whole new player and everything like that. And Adoma was great here. Don't get me wrong, and I'm not going to even try to say that he's going to have the same kind of impact for us in the Premiership as Adoma did for us in the Championship. But the fact remains that you know you got you got to see how this guy's going to settle into the squad. I'm sure he will. So it's it's one of those things. I think I really really do believe this is going to end up coming up spades for for Villa. I really do. I I completely agree with you. Um, let's let's move away from the, the Jota signing because you know by the time this goes out tomorrow morning, I think a load of people will will be sick of hearing about Jota if I'm honest. Um, but let's move on to some of the other links. Uh, surrounding Aston Villa at the moment. So Gary Cahill has been released from his contract at Chelsea. Um, you know he's a former Villa man, and at 33 years old, this uh, at the current time, you know he's still got maybe a year left in uh, of legs in the Premier League, maybe. Um, but Villa are odds-on favourites to land the centre back, and you know I, I'm in two minds about about this link. You know, whilst I think he's he's providing experience to the back line, at the same time, you know, it, it all depends on what kind of wages he'd be offered. Yeah, for me, that's the big question mark with this transfer. If he does come in for no fee, as he does, he's up on contract at Chelsea. Uh, I, I'm curious to see what the wage would actually be. It has to work for both parties. Again, you know, this this is now we're talking about business standpoints. We're not talking about just bringing in you know, quality footballers. I, I do think Cahill's got a year or two left in the Prem. I, obviously, his pace is shot a little bit, but he wasn't happy about how he was treated at Chelsea under Sarri. Sarri didn't really play him very much at all, and if he did, it was toward, like, the back end of the season. I, I think he still has it in the Prem. I think he could still do a job here, and I think it would be one of those rare cases where Cahill's welcome back to Villa Park with open arms, regardless that you know he went away for, for seemingly greener pastures. And he had a great career. Uh, I'm, I'm not discounting the man's career, but I think if he were to come back to the Villa again, just like you said, I'm kind of in two minds about it. As you know, does he have you know? Obviously, he has the experience, and that's something we need you know on on the pitch, especially in in defensive areas. At the same time, is he going to be able to deal with the likes of maybe the the top six, the top eight, and some of their attacking options. I don't know. I think it's still something that Villa need to seriously look at. I'm not saying he comes in and you give him the armband and it's a hero's welcome or anything like that. But if he can do a job for us for the next one to two seasons and the wages are right, I don't see why Villa wouldn't be looking at him. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're being linked with an awful lot of championship level players. Um, and Cahill's the one Premier League, well, not the one, but one of the uh, Premier League players that that we are actually being linked with. Granted, he's older than we'd like, but you know you do need some kind of experience, you know. And he's he's got past experience with the club as well, which which can't be overlooked. 
Yeah, and you know, if you look up a couple of things about Gary Cahill, like all his teammates and former coaches, former training staff, things of that nature, they always talk about how he's such a consummate professional and how he how he actually drives like the rest of the the defensive core to get better. And he's one of the guys like when Dean Smith talks about you know debriefs and such such things like that. Gary Cahill's been told in, on years and years and years like how well he is at that, and he, he he's able to get a defensive core together. That might be something in the absence of John Terry now as a coach at Aston Villa, not with Cahill coming in. And obviously having that kind of relationship with John Terry being former Chelsea players now, like I, I really think that that could be something that, that kicks off uh, chemistry and a camaraderie within whoever whoever Dean Smith and Sousa decide to bring in at, you know, as defensive help coming up to the premiership. But yeah, he seems like a consummate professional, and that's the same thing that, that Dean Smith talked at length about with Glenn Whelan and Yednak, who are, who are now released. So Cahill might be able to put that you know back into the club and into the squad as far as making sure everybody's working up to a certain standard in training, because that really, really makes a difference to have a grizzled veteran who's able to drive training and drive you know drills of these guys getting better and even not even just younger players even players that might be around his age to like you know spur them on to get better every single time on the pitch because you know he you want to get better that's that's what it's about it's all about training but you're going to need somebody there who's you know not afraid to tell people when they're slacking or not be afraid to you know give them praise when they deserve it i think cahill can bring that to villa well, that, that was something I wanted to pick up on, you know, the the last season has been just full of so many stories that have all kind of culminated in our promotion to the Premier League. Um, why, why can't we continue those kind of stories by reuniting Gary Cahill and uh, John Terry? And, you know, uh, Cahill's played for Aston Villa before, so has Terry. Terry's now coaching. Why, why don't we give Cahill a year? You know, see where he feels after that year. He could become another coach at the club, and it, it's obviously all hypothetical at the moment. But there's still that story there. Um, but something I want to ask you, uh, and we're going to do this for every every player that's linked. How likely, out of ten, do you think this transfer is going to happen? Uh, right now, I think it's probably about a six. I wouldn't want to put it anywhere higher than that out of ten, just for the simple fact of if Cahill goes to Villa and says, "I want X amount of money." and you know a raise if we stay up and all these other add-ons i don't think villa is going to go for that you know we just uh talked about the jada deal and not not to reminisce on that but you did say and it's reported that it's a two-year deal you're going to see a lot more contracts like that given out i don't i, I think it's regardless of who villa brings in i don't think you're going to see five-year deals with percentages you know to raise their um raise their wage over a certain amount of time anything like that i think that might be the case with uh cahill as well like he's going to want a decent wage but it's going to have to be a wage that works for clubs so i'd say the probability of it happening is for me right now is about a six out of ten yeah i think i think i would probably say five i think i'm going to take the middle ground and sit on the fence a little bit here i think you know it, it makes sense but at the same time it's it's lazy journalism and it's it's you know it's lazy uh i don't want to say bookkeeping but you know the bookies are being lazy by by picking us as favorites it's, it's just you know, it's it's simple uh, logic to go. Mm, Cahill could return to Villa because he's played there before. Right, and especially with the John Terry link as well, it is a bit lazy journalism. But I wouldn't doubt that he's already made that call to somebody at Villa and said, "Hey, uh, if you guys are looking for a centre back, you know, let me let me come uh, come see what's going on as far as a contract." Yeah, completely. Right, let's move on to the next rumor, and that's lead striker Kamal Roof. Um, he might be actually making it to the Premier League despite Leeds losing in the playoff semi-finals. Um, Villa are supposedly interested in him, but the price tag might be a bit too high for the kind of play we're looking for. Uh, he bagged 15 goals 
last season and uh, had two assists. But his injury record is something that, that worries me a bit. He missed out a large chunk of the latter half of the season simply because he, he kept knocking himself, basically. Yeah, he's got some injury uh, issues in the past, this past season, at least. Uh, I think he's a really, really good striker. I don't know if he's necessarily uh, ready to take the Premier League jump right now. That would be a big loss for Leeds. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you got to say, he's 25 years old. And like you said, 15 goals to assist throughout the season. That would be something that Villa would definitely want to look at. Uh, it, just for a fact of, of being you know, a decent striker in the championship. I don't think we should be throwing money at championship success stories from this past season. But if we are going to, I think it's going to be someone like Kamar Roof who has the ability to, to bang in goals. And he bangs them in, in different ways. You know, you can't really call him a tap-in merchant. You can't really say he has a rocket of a foot on him. Anything like that. He scores them in a little bit of different ways. He's getting himself in the good positions. I, I think that, the, I, I mean, for me personally, I think the price tag is going to be too high. I think Leeds really, really, really want to make it a go of it, as they usually always do. It's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek. But, you know, I think this year they're really going to try to get promoted. They they have a really, really good squad at Leeds. There's all these talks about PSG might be taking them over, you know, through, through a takeover and an investment. So – I really, really think that Roof stays there, but if, I think if Villa really want to spend that much money and they can't get Tammy Abraham, I think a player like Roof might might be the uh, cure to all their ails. Um, you mentioned tap-in merchants, and I've seen I've seen these two uh, names being being uh, said along the the, the phrase tap-in merchant, um, and I'd like to discuss them, and then we'll rank the three strikers together because um, they're all championship, at least championship level strikers. Uh, the the two are Neil Mapai and Tammy Abraham. Um, Abraham scored, I think it was what twenty five, twenty six goals for us, and yep. Mapai I think maybe bagged one more. He was the second highest scorer in in the championship behind Timu Puki. Um, what do you think the odds are on either of them going to Villa Park? Tammy with his return or, or Mapai uh, linking back up with with Dean? I think Tammy three out of ten. I don't think it's going to happen. I think no matter who is at the captaincy of the Chelsea ship, whoever's going to be managing that side with you know, sorry being rumored to leave or whatever, I think he stays there. Um, I, I I just think they have to give him a year at this point. You see what he's done in the championship. He's miles better than whenever he played with Swansea. That w- that was obvious to me this past season. For Neil Malfa, I think that I, I'd say seven out of ten. I think if if they can't land Tammy, they're going to have to land somebody like Tammy. And Malfa, he's just so. There's something about the way he plays. He puts himself in the favorable positions, but he looks like he doesn't even try to put himself in the position. It's like the ball falls to him, and he's able to put it in. And yeah, you know, again, the phrase "tap in merchant," but I, that's that's what Villa. That's how Villa have played this past year. You, there's no two ways about it. We're we're not always, you know, the we're not scoring screamers from outside the box, especially with you know Tammy style play that that he's shown over over the year at Villa. You're going to need somebody that, that just pops up into those places and put away a goal even when it seems the chips are down. And Malpe just has that very slinky kind of style that he's able to roll off a defender. He's able to make it look like he's not even in the game. And then he turns it on very, very quickly, and he's able to find a ball and put it in the back of the net. That, that's something Villa need, and they can look for it. And the price tag is going to be large to get him. But, I mean, I, I, I really think that that's what's going to happen. I think it's a, it's a 7 out of 10 for me as likelihood. And Kamaru? I'd say Kamar Roof probably about a six out of ten again, a little bit on the fence of the positive side. I, I really think that's that's the depth chart as far as trying to get a new striker. I think obviously you try to go after Abraham. If you can't go to Abraham, you gotta get no Malpay. If you can't get no Malpay, it's gonna be Kamar Roof. I'm gonna say that the odds of us um sorry and Abraham are a bit of four out of ten. With Mapai, I'm gonna go nine out of ten. 
I think the only thing stopping us from getting up high is other clubs that are interested in him. But I think he'll be more interested in linking up with Dean in the in the Premier League than joining, let's say, Wolves. Um, and with Kamal Roof, I'm going to say a three. I, I really don't think that transfer is going to happen. Um, I think I think he's a similar kind of player to Codger. I think Codger would have probably got similar numbers to him last season if he'd have had more game time. So, you know, as long as Codger stays, I don't see us needing Kamal Roof. I can agree with that, but I, I'm not too sure that Codge is going to stay. I, I don't know that he – I never really felt that he he played well under Dean Smith, and he did ha- – I get it. He had, he had goals and everything like that. He didn't break double figures, but he got close at nine uh, as far as goals go. But I, I think that if you get rid of Codge, I think the, the – at least in my mind, the logical player, if you want to bring in just a wild card player like Codge has shown, I, for me, I think that would be Kamar Roof. I can't see us getting rid of Kodjo unless he, he hands in a transfer request because if you look at it, I can see us getting rid of Scott Hogan. Uh, with, with Tammy obviously returning to Chelsea, if we were to get rid of Kodjo, our only recognised forward then is Keenan Davis. Right, and it's almost as if Scott Hogan's the forgotten man. A lot of people aren't talking about him. Does he return to the Villa? Does he get a chance? But I'm still not so certain, certain about that one. No, I don't think it's going to happen. I think he, I think he's a championship striker at best. Right, I don't even I don't even think that he gets picked up by Blades. I, I don't even think Blades try to try to buy him. I mean, he didn't have a great time there. I mean, he I think he had what one or two goals. I don't think it was anything more than that. Yeah, but you know, because we've lost Abraham and a lot of a lot of journalists are thinking that we're going to get rid of Hogan, which is you know very likely. We are being linked with an abundance of strikers, and there's two more on this list. Uh, next up is uh, West Brom striker Jay Rodriguez. And the Express and Star are reporting that uh, Rodriguez has a non-promotion release clause, supposedly five million, and then uh, an added five million in future add-ons. Do you think that Rodriguez would be welcomed to Villa Park after his whole hand of rod debacle last season, or do you think it's maybe a bit pie in the sky that Rodriguez uh, could could come to Villa? I, I think as soon as Villa fans figure out that. Rodriguez scored 22 times and had six assists. I think they'd welcome him in open arms. He is 29 years old, so he, he's you know starting to get up to that age where it's kind of make or break time in terms of trying to solidify his career in the Premier League. I think that if he does come to Villa, he's going to have an impact. Uh, it's obviously if you don't sign any other striker and you're trying to make Rodriguez your your actual striker full time, I think he'd be he'd be able to do it. But the hand of Rod incident, you're gonna have you're gonna have a, a percentage of Villa fans who don't want him anywhere near the club after that. But you know you, you do it what it takes to win. I'm trying to be as unbiased as possible on this one. Yeah, I was insanely angry about the the hand of Rod incident, <laughs> but but the fact remains is he is a good striker and he is getting into the prime of his career here. You know between the ages of you know, 28 to 31, that's that's where strikers usually start to, to really, really blossom and then start to, you know, have a steady decline on their production. So I, I, I think that, that wouldn't be a, a bad coup for Villa to, to go and get Rodriguez, only because of the fact that that reported supposed, you know, $5 million and then $5 million or more add-on uh, re- non-promotion release clause is, uh, is active. If that's true, if that's all true, I, I, I wouldn't see Villa uh, dismissing that. So, what would you give it out of ten? I'd I'd probably give that one five. I think that's an on the fence thing. I think that's you know again on the depth chart of who you're looking at as far as you know rumored and you know opinionated strikers. I think that's a little bit farther down. Again, that's that's going to be something where the supporters are going to have to really be on board with him coming in. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you there, and I'm going to say five as well. Um, The Sun is reporting 
that we're interested in a uh, another striker. Um, but we're not the only ones. You've got us, Brighton, Leicester, Watford and Burnley all interested in signing Genkstroker Mbwana Samata for a fee of around £12 million. Um, the last player we signed from Genk is, of course, Christian Benteke, and we all know how that turned out. Um, but Samata scored 23 goals to help Genk lift the title and also won the Ebony Shoe in the Juleper League, or Jupiles League, sorry. Um, uh, the, the Ebony Shoe is an award given to Belgium's best player of African descent and has been previously pick, been picked up by uh, Lukaku, Company, and Batshuayi. Yeah, I, I didn't really know much about him until these uh, till this news broke about three or four days ago. After looking up and doing some research on him, this could be the second coming of Christian Benteke as far as you know being a, a larger a larger body player that's able to you know he has a, he just has a rocket on him. I mean he can he he scored a decent amount of goals from outside the box, but he also really good in the air. Um, the one thing that separates him from Christian Benteke. Uh, Samada seems like he's a little bit more defensively responsible, kind of how we saw with Tammy Abraham this past year, the where he'll flood into the midfield and even all the way back to the defense when uh, when his team was, was pinned in. He's an international. He's a captain for for uh, Tanzania. Tanzania. Yeah. Tanzania. Yeah, Tanzania. Yeah, so he, he's an international for them. He wears the armband, so he knows what that's all about. He played in the Europa League this past year with Gank. So, I mean, he, he has all the experience you would want. I, I just – I don't know for for having so many other reported clubs that are uh, that are linked with him. I, I don't know if he if he comes to the Villa again. We we have a load of, of uh, depth that needs solidified. Strikers definitely one of them. But I mean, we're only realistically going to bring in I I feel two two strikers or so. I don't I don't think you you have this influx of strikers and then it's a it's a uh, open audition. He does fit the mold for me though. You know, he's he's twenty six years old, so he's he's getting close to hitting his prime. Um, you know, he had his best season, uh, I think, of his career uh, for, for Genk last season. Uh, you know, he's got the leadership qualities, leading Tanzania at the African Nations Cup later later this uh, this month. And you know, he's you mentioned that he's got the kind of defensive impact as well. And I think I think Dean will be a you know really considering how he can replace Tammy Abraham without actually buying Tammy Abraham. And I think I think that Samata might be that player. Yeah, for for the Dean Smith model, at least as far as we've seen, and, and you know, since he's been at Villa, everyone everybody needs to pull their weight on both sides of the ball. There there can't be any passengers in the side as far as just standing up there. And that's what I was talking about previously with Kodge, you know, with Jonathan Kodge. You know, there's times where he's just walking around, you know, looking at the midfield and watching them getting bossed around a little bit. On the flip side of that, Tammy Abraham would get his tail back into the midfield and sometimes all the way back to the fence, you know, standing next standing next to Mings, you know, and he he was he was just trying to help the cause. Those are players that Dean Smith wants. Samada definitely definitely does that so if they want to try and you know get the prototype of Tammy Abraham being you know a quality finisher from inside the, inside the 18 but yet you know still have the presence of mind and the desire to get back into the midfield to try to break up a pass those are all great things and that seems like what Dean Smith really really needs and really really wants to happen at Aston Villa as far as your striker goes I think the only issue for me is that height wise he, he's quite a bit shorter than Tammy uh, he stands at just under six foot, and I think you know, in Tammy Tammy headed some some balls off the line. He headed some balls at the box, and I don't think I don't think that um, that he could potentially do that at his height. Obviously, you know, he's no he's not short, but with some of the forwards in uh, in the Premier League, are some some tall players. 
Right, and people forget that Tammy is a, a pretty tall lad, and he has helped out tremendously in defense when, you know, it happened. It looked like Villa were about to concede. I mean, there was even, you know, things that have happened this past season where he, he would be back in the defense in our own third for a decent amount of time. He was never trying to, you know, cherry pick goals and just standing up, you know, while Villa's pinned, pinned in their own their own uh, third of the pitch. So I, I, whoever you're going to get in the striker, my, my only point, my only hope is that they just get, they show the same passion that we've seen with Abraham as, as far as like for the squad to play for the club. A- Abraham, I mean, that, that, that's the big talking point of Villa right now is this squad, the, the great squad that we've seen that's got us promoted. You know, now the dust is settled. Now, you know, all the excitement about getting promoted is over. There is a lot of work to be done. There are a lot of positions we need to fill. There's a lot of personalities that will no longer be at the club. It's sad. It's it's not a it's not a fun thing, but that's that's the truth. That's how it is. It's nuts and bolts. So they're gonna. If Dean Smith wants to go and get get prototypical players just like he just had that were in on loan that we don't have a chance of getting, he needs to do that. He needs to be afforded the trust to be able to go out and do that as well. Um, we were gonna discuss this player a bit later on, but there is some breaking news coming out uh, from from social media at the moment. Uh, journalist John Percy is reporting that Aston Villa have triggered their option to sign Courtney Hawes on a permanent deal for three million pounds. Um, so let's discuss that. How does that make you feel? I love it. I, I think Horst is a really, really f- re- good center back for his age. I don't think he ever really got a full shake at Wolves. If we actually did, you know, activate that clause, I think it's good just for the simple. Even if he's a depth player, he'll get better. Um, he needs more game time, obviously. But in the event that we do miss out on a Tyrone Mings or a G- Gary Cahill, even though those are two very, very different players, I think Courtney Horst has bought into the idea that Villa are building something. And I think he wants to be a part of that. I don't think he gets any game time at Wolves. I don't think he even gets an honest look. So if he wasn't going to come to the Villa with us uh, activating this clause, he wasn't really going to get a fair shake anywhere else in the Prem. I think he that he would have got you know went back to the Championship and his career could have made a left turn somewhere. But I think as far as him signing for Villa, this is exactly what they needed to bring in center back depth. There's just there's too much going on right now. You're going to need defenders and Courtney Horse. I mean he he has shown nothing to say that he's not all in on Aston Villa. And even as a squad player, you know, he's he, he's a quality player. And for three million, you can't really grumble. Right. And the times that he's come on the pitch, even in a sub capacity, or even when he was playing left back there for a little while, I he, he had the one bad showing. Who was that against? That he, he didn't look that great at, at left back. Ipswich? Against, I think it was against Ipswich. He didn't look too great at left back. And then he, as soon as he moved to center next to Mings, he, he seemed like a, a different style player. And, you know, that's, again, that, there's a settling in that needs to happen and all that kind of stuff. So if Courtney Horse is really coming to the Villa, I'm all about it. I, th- I think that's a really, really good signing for us. I think it's a re- it could turn into a really underrated signing. Um, he appeared twice at left-back where he wasn't performing very well at, against Wigan and Brentford. Um, and then he played a couple more games at left-back where he actually performed really well before being moved to centre-back after I think Tommy Elphick was injured. Right, I was thinking about the Wigan game. He just he just looked so shaky in that game at left back, but I think that might have been his first or second start. Um, his first touch was all over the place. He wasn't tracking back very well. But it ended up, I mean, you can even see in the playoff final, he comes off for Tyrone Mings, and yeah, he might have only been on the pitch for seven, uh, what was, I think it was seven or eight minutes or something like that, you know, included out in time. But he, he did really well. He made some crucial headers there at, at the end of the game to get us promoted. I mean, he... That, that right there showed all I needed to know. Right, He's coming off the bench completely cold. He didn't even get a chance to warm up. He's just basically walking onto the pitch stiff and was still able to get in the air, had some balls away, clear balls away whenever we were in danger. We only had a one-goal one advantage at that time. So, you know, that I think that shows the kind of character Courtney is and long may it continue. Um, 
I've completely lost my trail of thought after after hearing that news. If I'm if I'm honest, um, you know we, we've been linked with with obviously a load of strikers, a couple of defenders, um, but we're also being linked with midfielders as well. After Whelan, Yedinak, and now Gary Gardner have uh, have left, uh, we need that depth in midfield, and we've been rumoured to be looking at Nantes midfielder Valentin Rongier, um, who was available for around fifteen million pound. Yeah, I, I, you know this. I mean, me and you talk almost every day, so you know this. I'm a massive, massive fan of Rangia. I, I think he's a really, really tidy midfielder. Um, I got a little bit of stats here, Regan. I, you're going to have to excuse me. I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. He had four goals and five assists last season for him, an 82.7% pass success rate. Um, in 36 apps for nonce, uh, he had averaged 2.4 key passes per game. And that might seem like, oh, okay, well, he's doing his job by the midfielder role. But if you compare that, Jack Grealish had 2.2 key passes in 34 appearances for Villa last season. I really, really like this guy. And it does it is born from the fact that I'm a massive football manager player. And I've had him in previous football managers, and he's always turned spades. I know it's not the greatest comparison, but you can't say that you know football manager isn't something that a lot of clubs throughout the world actually use as a scouting tool. I really think this would be a great, great young signing for Villa. Again, you know, he, he's at an age right now where he would be able to, you know, progress and he'd be get better. And Claudio Ranieri actually said less than a year ago that in the next few years, Rangier could be as good or he can be as good as any player that plays in France, including the PSG midfield. That's some really high praise from a manager who's won the Premier League. So I, I think if Villa can go out and get him, even though it's for 15 million pounds for a virtual unknown in the English game, I think he's still going to progress. I think he's still going to get better. And I think that actually helps out Frederick Gilbert, who's coming in, who's also French, and that would kind of help him settle a little bit. You know, that, there's an argument on that that it doesn't always work that way. But in, in my mind, in my heart, I really, really think that that would help him set, help uh, Gilbert settle. I don't. I'm just. I'm just really big on the kid. I know a lot of people don't know about Rangier, but I. I think he's great. And how likely do you reckon the deal is going to be? I mean, I don't know how likely it's actually going to be. I mean, Villa scouted you know French players before, and they ended up you know it didn't end up working out for one reason or another. But now they're like really really good players at other clubs. You know, just that, that's how it went for whatever reason. Those players couldn't gel. But if if you're going to bring them in, that would be great for me. I'd love to see this one get over the line. I mean, my heart's telling me one thing, my head's telling me another. But as, as far as my head's saying, I'm going to say a 6 out of 10. It's still on the fence, maybe 7. I mean, my heart's telling me this is a, this is a 30 out of 10. I, I really think this kid has some serious potential. Uh, he already already has the skills to make key passes from the middle of the pitch. I I don't know. I think I think it'd be foolish not to get him. I would hate to see him go to a Watford or hate to see him go to a Bournemouth if he wants to make that jump to the Prem. I, I, I we're gonna need depth. You know, we're we're down three midfielders now with releases and transfers. So I I don't think it's a bad thing to bring him in. I've I've watched him play. I mean, that's that's one of my favorite clubs to watch in France just for the fact they're so young and they're so promising. It's a really really fun team to watch. So for fifteen million, I would I'd, I'd bite their hand off for fifteen million. And really, I think you waxing lyrical about someone that we're linked with is probably the best way to end this uh, podcast. You know, it's a short one today, but, you know, it's the summer, nothing's happening, and we can only talk about what's in front of us. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please, you know, like and subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you're listening on. Make sure you follow us on social medias. Uh, we mentioned them earlier, at Villa Lamp on Twitter, at Under a Gaslit Lamp on Instagram, and forward slash Under a Gaslit Lamp on Facebook. Uh, you can keep up to date with any transfer rumours, uh, news and all of our opinion pieces on Aston Villa, Aston Villa ladies and the youth sides on www.underagaslitlamp.com. 
We'll see you soon.